You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 129. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. Hey, moms, are you trying to break into tech? Are you wondering what skills you really need to get hired and how those skills can be worth $45 an hour instead of the $25 an hour you thought when you first started thinking about going back to work? If so, then the Your Techie membership is for you. Our combination of courses, coaching, and community come with the mentor support you need to keep moving forward in your tech career. It's like no other membership program available. We have the exact skills employers are looking for. You'll learn how to maximize your income with portfolio-ready skills that hiring managers are seeking, not to mention the steps you can skip so you don't find yourself down that endless tech learning rabbit hole. Join me as I walk you step-by-step through the getting hired process in tech. Sign up at youartechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I can't wait to see you in our membership. Welcome. Today, we are having a big battle. Not really, but we are talking about agency versus in-house. And this is going to focus on UX design roles, but it's also going to help with dev and tech generally. So we're having this agency versus in-house battle. So you can find which one is right for you and really help you round out your dream job description, give you some more insight and info into what different types of UX design roles are there and what types of companies are going to differ in the work that you're doing. So shout out to Aaron Zebart for the idea for this show. Great idea, Aaron. It's really going to help you guys to differentiate how one environment versus another is going to affect your daily work. Not one good or one bad, just really different in what is right for you. Not only was it Aaron's idea, but you know how I always say I have the coolest students? I mean, I do. I have the coolest students and that means I have the coolest alums. So two of them chimed in to give us perspective on these two different roles. Aaron came in, Aaron Zebart, that's episode 86, gave us the perspective on the agency side of things. And then Katie Barrier came in, that's episode 112, to provide us the in-house perspective. And I think what's really important to note is that they both love what they do. So you can see how different the work that they're doing is, even though they're doing completely different things. So remember, your dream job doesn't have to look like everybody else's. So this will give you two different perspectives. I asked them a series of questions so that you could get a feel for things like the cadence of the work that you're doing, the structure of the projects, and then the work itself. And I personally lean more towards the agency route. So I've spent more of my career in the agency route, although I have done a stint in-house. So I'll provide some color commentating as we go along. But I'm super excited with this idea. So thank you, Erin. And thank you to Katie as well for providing the insights. It's so fun to see how my students are such great mentors now. And remember, that can be you. All right, let's dive in. 
first question, how do you receive projects? From whom do you receive them and at what frequency? And Aaron says, I'm assigned to clients slash projects by either of the two agency partners. And I'm brought into a new project every few weeks, depending on my workload in the agency's client roster. Ooh, okay, let's take a look at Katie. So Katie, how do you receive projects from whom and at what frequency? Katie says that my design team consists of three designers and two researchers. Okay, I want to pause there. So Katie's working structure, she works at a Fortune 500 company. There's a design team and as opposed to a product team that has developers and designers on it. And you say, Ellen, why would that be? Why does she have just a design team? Because there's so much work, it's so big that sometimes design becomes its own team. And that happens often. It doesn't mean they're not working with developers. They're going to hand off to developers. But let's see what else she says. She says, we're redesigning a complex desktop app that will be designed in stages over several years. What? And our business team enters UX work into our Kanban backlog. We choose our work based on our strengths, weaknesses, interests, etc., while making sure everyone has a chance to challenge themselves and grow as designers. Do you see how different that is? Longer. The business team actually enters the work to be done. And then if you're like, what is a Kanban backlog? Well, she'll talk a little bit more about it, but then I'll add more color to it. It's just a process that is agile adjacent. So it's similar to agile, but not the exact same thing, but it, it, it gets at kind of the same core flexibility. Okay, the next question is, how long do you work on the same project? Erin says anywhere from six weeks to five months. Katie says usually four to eight weeks on each body of work, but it really depends on the tool's complexity. So remember, Katie's working on longer term projects in terms of years, and so they're breaking it down into different bodies of work in four to eight week chunks. And then Aaron is six weeks to five months. So there's overlap there. But you can see where Aaron's is maybe more project that's coming in from the client that they're going to say, OK, we're going to do this project and then get it done. We're going to do this next project, and then do it done, get it done. Katie's working on a longer term project and then they're breaking that up into a body of work. And it is somewhat artificial. You try to find like constraints, timelines that work and then into the four to eight week time frame, which has been found to be an effective time frame. Six weeks is a very common time frame where people say, Okay, we can work on this for a certain amount of time without getting bored or getting overly complex and committing to work and then doing it. So I find that pretty in line with what I've seen. Okay, the next question is how much of your time or your team member's time is spent on user research? Oh, okay. Oh, I, I love this question. Good thing because I asked it. <laughs> but I think it's important because I've seen all sorts of things where people spend a ton of time on user research or none at all. Erin says, I'm doing project management and UX research. So depending on the project, I would say about 20% is research-based, okay? So Aaron's doing UX design, project management, and UX research. That might sound crazy, but that's the way agency works. And that's a strength of her. So she's doing some project management and she's gonna do all those components of it. Sounds like her clients are on board with UX research. That's great. Katie says we have two full-time researchers dedicated to our project. So Katie is really not doing any user research, but not because her company is falling short in that area, but because people are dedicated to that. So someone else is providing her that research. 
All right, next question. Focused on pleasing the user or the client more? Ooh, all right, Erin says, it's a balance. For the most part, we're able to communicate that pleasing the user equals accomplishing the client's goal. There are some compromises in order to find the balance with the clients, but most want to partner together to find the best solution. That's great. Some clients have specific requirements that must be met, and we always have to be respectful of the budget, right? So they may not be able to do as much user research as they want if if they have certain budgeting, okay, requirements that don't allow for as much as they want. But it sounds like they're going about it the right way, right? Pleasing the user should be accomplishing the client's goals. And that means, you know, everyone kind of understands that and gets that. And that's awesome. Katie says our team is user focused. She doesn't have to consider that. All they think about is the user. Next question. Do you work in an agile environment? And then also are those two-week sprints? So I say two-week sprints because that's kind of the most common agile environment. That's kind of the recommended one. And so I'm curious if they're working in agile-ish environments or exactly agile. Erin says, depends on the project, as each project has different stakeholders and processes. A few projects have been in sprints anywhere from one to three weeks. Wow. Okay. So it varies a lot. Katie says this varies by the squad. Notice the name. But two-week sprints didn't work for our team. We recently switched to our own Kanban board and have a dedicated scrum master for UX. Okay. So Katie uses the word squad instead of team. They said two-week sprints didn't work for them. This is one of the key focus areas of Agile is that people first. It's what works for the people. And not surprisingly, Katie's on a full UX team. So they don't have the same type of cadence. The UX work isn't the same type of cadence as development work. And so now she says we have our own Kanban board. So for Agile, you would have, just like with Kanban, you have a backlog. And that's where you pull Those are basically the to-dos. What are we going to work on? Okay, we've got this backlog. Let's pull them in to the current sprint. So you select from the backlog, you put it into the current sprint, and you say, this is the work that we're going to do. And then they have a Kanban board that's keeping track of who's doing what work. And Katie already said earlier, like, hey, we pick the work based on our strengths. So I get to do this work, and she'll do that work, and he'll do that work, or however it works. And They also have a dedicated Scrum Master just for their UX team, which is awesome. So you can see that Kanban is still pulling a lot of the same flexibility, non-hierarchy, and then self-organizing teams that Agile has. It's just done a little bit differently. And they do use the term like squad and things like that. So I love that she says two-week sprints didn't work for us. That means that they tested it. And they figured it out that it didn't, it wasn't a good strategy for the work that they were doing. It's not so important that you do the two-week sprints because Agile says so. It's more important that you structure the way the work is done based on the people that are doing it. Okay, next question. How much of your time is spent in Figma? This one is very UX focused. And Erin says 20%, but I'm not doing much design. I use Figma to reference design and manage projects. Ooh, okay. And then Katie says, at least 75% of my time is spent in Figma. What a difference. And you might think, wait, is Erin a UX designer or a project manager? Well, because she's managing such a technical project, that role that she has with the agency, it's very important that she understands the technical 
components of it that she can refer to the different screens and understands what changes need to be made. So it wouldn't be equivalent to just a general project management. It's a technical project management integration of it, which is why she references the documents in Figma. She's using all the technical tools. But I do think that's interesting. Erin's in there 20%, Katie's in there 75%. And because remember, Katie has user researchers doing the user research. So she's going to be in Figma the majority of her time. The last question I asked them is, what else do you want to share about your experience that you feel will enlighten this topic? And Erin says, for a person like me who may get bored on the same project year after year, agency work is incredible at holding your attention and bringing new and interesting challenges. I love agency work because we get to work on multiple projects with their own requirements that are varied and challenging. I'm involved with projects from concept to launch including being embedded in the developer team on certain projects, which I find fascinating. I'm able to communicate with my clients directly, and I work with a wide variety of people because of that, even though we are fully remote. Ooh, that's good. I'm learning about multiple interesting topics at the same time, which I love. The key is to find the right group of people you want to work with every day, and you'll find yourself looking forward to Mondays. I'm so happy I found an agency. I love and that allows for a flexible work day. Oh, I think that is so great. I love the Monday reference. I don't think this was something that I appreciated or understood, but you really can look forward to Mondays. Like, you know, this shirt, Mondays make me sleepy. I don't like that one. I think you should be excited about your Mondays and be raring to go for your work and your job. And that actually is possible. Okay, Katie says, it's important to know your strengths, weaknesses, learning style, and preferred work environment before starting your job. I personally prefer working at a large company over freelancing or agencies because there are more opportunities for training and development. Okay, this is great. Katie also gets to work in specific area that's always been uh, a passion for her accessibility. So I think that's awesome. And I think that it's, again, another expensive thing that sometimes only big companies can really put a lot of energy and time into. Everybody should put some amount because it is really it really is important. But it's fun when you can kind of take it to that next level because you have you have that level of detail and you're going over the projects and you have the resources to do that. One thing about what Katie said, there are more opportunities for training and development. I totally get what she means. I think she means that she probably has a budget. She gets to go to training. She gets to say, hey, I want to learn this thing. And then they'll send her to that training. That's they probably is a lot of training they offer just in-house because she works with the Fortune 500. They can bring people in to talk about different topics. I will say that for agency, Erin may not get that same budget, but she's getting a different type of learning. It's more on the job learning and it can be a little bit busy. So you do want to be the type of person who likes that new stuff. That's why I lean towards the agency. I do get bored pretty easily, like working on the same product. And I like the new idea. I'm an ENTJ in the Myers-Briggs. I do like the new project. So I leaned more towards that. But I totally get what Katie is saying. For training and development, she feels like she's found a good space where she can continue to grow her skills. And so I thought that was a great point. Aren't they awesome? <laughs> They're so good. They're really very thoughtful, well-educated and successful women crushing it in tech. And I just, I think uh, I get a little giddy because they have so much to offer. So thank you, Erin and Katie, so much for those great insights. What I want to do is just finish up with reviewing these questions that I asked them. And I want you to take a minute, listeners, to think about 
what you would like, whether it was what you heard from Erin or Katie or something different, what you think you would like and what you know about yourself. You know, Katie says it's important to know your strengths, weaknesses, learning styles, and preferred work environment. Those are good things to think about. So let's go over these questions and you can think about this for your dream job description and try to get even more specific than just, I want to be a UX designer. I want to be a developer. How specific can you get? All right, here's a question for you. How do you like to receive projects? Who do you want to receive them from? Like from the same person every time, your manager? Or do you like receiving them from different people? Or do you like receiving them from a Kanban backlog and you can just review them and pick from them what you want to do? And then at what frequency? That's all. That's like a three-part question. Don't you love how my questions have multiple parts to it? (laughs) You can't do that in user research, but you can in a podcast. Okay, so at what frequency would you like to do that? And then how long do you want to work on the same project? That's an important question. How long? Could be years that you're working on the same project. Now, there are different aspects to it and there are always There's always a new feature, right? So even in tech, there's always a new feature with a long project, but you could be on the same project you saw for multiple years, or it could be as short as two weeks. How much of your own time do you want to be spent on user research? And the question I posed to Katie and Erin was, or your team members' time. So maybe you really value user research and you think it's super important, but you don't want to be the person doing it. Or maybe you want to be the person doing all of it. I have some students that want to focus on the user research component, and that is really interesting to them. And they want to capture that voice of the user. That's an important piece. And Katie mentioned on her team, there are two UX researchers. So how much of your time do you want to spend on user research? Now, even if you're a designer and you're not conducting the research, you still are going to be inputting that into your designs. Just want to make that quick comment there that it shouldn't be zero because even if other people are doing the work, you're going to take that and put that into your designs. Okay. Would you rather focus more on the user or be in a position where you're balancing the user and client needs or desires? So do you want to focus on the user or the user with the client? Okay. Next one. Do you want to work in an agile environment? Do you want to work in two-week sprints? So you're committing to work and then you're doing the work and then you're demoing the work at the end of the two weeks. I know when I started working in an agile environment, I was a little nervous, actually, that we were going to not be able to deliver. And what I found out is when you do this over and over again, you don't deliver sometimes, you do deliver sometimes. It just becomes what you're doing, but you're holding yourself accountable in a really great way that is not stressful, which at the beginning I thought it would be. And it's just not. So, you know, do you want to work in that type of environment? Or you could be in a Kanban environment and that's just less about the two-week sprint demo. And you could also be in a waterfall. A lot of agencies do waterfall. And you say, what's that? Well, they give you all the requirements up front. Then you do the work. And that's kind of how we did it old school in before the Agile Manifesto. But it still is the way a lot of agencies do the work because it's very hard to have a relationship with a client where the requirements are changing. And so most agencies are going to just do those requirements up front. Nothing wrong with it. It's just kind of the way that it's done. Longer term relationships with clients, you can sometimes work in more of an agile environment. And then how much of your time do you want to be spent in Figma? Right? We had a range from 20 to 75%. So what about you? Put a percentage on it. I think that'll help your dream job description. And then based on what Katie and Erin said, you know, I just said, what else do you want to share? They said some great things. Erin said she loves Mondays. Do you want to love your Mondays? I think that's a good one. And Katie says you need to know your strengths, weaknesses, learning style, and preferred work environment. Those are really specific. Strengths, weaknesses, learning style, work environment. 
Because you are going to be learning in this job. That's what makes tech so hard, right? You are learning. You don't know it all when you walk into the door. You just day one, you have to be prepared to be someone who is able to learn new things. And so how do you learn well is going to play into that environment. Well, good luck with your decisions. I hope that agency versus in-house, which one is right for you, provided you some great context and gave you the insights that you needed. You can go to urtechie.com slash dream job description, fill that out, sign up for our list. We would love to have you on our list, give you updates on our podcast every week and have you fill out that dream job description so you know where you're focused. You know where focus goes, energy flows. I think that's Tony Robbins. So fill that out. And thank you so much for swinging by today. I will see you next time. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies, training, and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I'll see you next time.